Section 6 of Volsunga Saga. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Volsunga Saga by Anonymous. Translated by Edikar Magnusson and William Morris. Section 6, Chapter 20. By long roads rides Sigurd, till he comes at the last up unto Hindfell and wends his way south to the land of the Franks. And he sees before him on the fell a great light, as of fire burning and flaming up even unto the heavens. And when he came thereto, lo, a shield-hung castle before him, and a banner on the topmost thereof. Into the castle went Sigurd, and saw one lying there asleep and all armed. Therewith he takes the helm from off the head of him, and sees that it is no man but a woman. And she was clad in a burney, as closely set on her as though it had grown to her flesh. So he rent it, from the collar downwards, and then the sleeves thereof, and ever the sword bit on it, as if it were cloth. Then said Sigurd, that overlong she had lain asleep. But she asked, What thing of great might is it that has prevailed to rend my burney and draw me from my sleep? Even as sings the song, What bit on the burney? Why breaks my sleep away? Who has turned from me my wan tormenting? Ah, is it so, that here is come Sigurd Sigmundson? bearing Fafnir's helm on his head, and Fafnir's bane in his hand? Then answered Sigurd, Sigmund's son, with Sigurd's sword, e'en now rent down the raven's wall. Of the Volsung's kin is he who has done the deed. But now I have heard that thou art daughter of a mighty king, and folk have told us that thou wert lovely, and full of lore, and now I will try the same. Then Brynhild sang, Long have I slept and slumbered long, many and long are the woes of mankind. By the might of Odin must I bide helpless to shake from off me the spells of slumber. Hail to the day come back! Hail, sons of the daylight! Hail to thee, dark night, and thy daughter. Look with kind eyes down on us sitting here lonely, and give unto us the gain that we long for. Hail to the Aesir and the sweet Ausinior. Hail to the fair earth fulfilled of plenty. Fair words, wise hearts, would we win from you, and healing hands while life we hold. Then Brynhild speaks again, and says, Two kings fought, one hight Hjalm Gunnar, an old man and the greatest of warriors, and Odin had promised the victory unto him. But his foe was Agnar, or Authi's brother, and so I smote down Hjalm Gunnar in the fight, and Odin, in vengeance for that deed, stuck the sleep-thorn into me, and said that I should never again have the victory but should be given away in marriage. But thereagainst I vowed a vow that never would I wed one who knew the name of fear. 
Then said Sigurd, Teach us the lore of mighty matters. She said, Belike thou canest more skill in all than I, yet will I teach thee, yea, and with thanks, if there be aught of my cunning that will in any wise pleasure thee, either of runes or of other matters that are the root of things. But now let us drink together, and may the gods give to us twain a good day, that thou mayest win good help and fame from my wisdom, and that thou mayest hereafter mind thee of that which we twain speak together. Then Brynhild filled a beaker and bore it to Sigurd, and gave him the drink of love, and spake. Beer bring I to thee, fair fruit of the Birnies clash. Mixed is it mightily, mingled with fame, brimming with bright lays and pitiful runes, wise words, sweet words, speech of great game. Runes of war know thou, if great thou wilt be. Cut them on hilt of hardened sword, some on the brand's back, some on its shining side, twice named tear therein. Sea runes good at need, learnt for ship's saving, for the good health of the swimming horse. On the stern cut them, cut them on the rudder blade, and set flame to shaven oar. How so big be the sea hills, how so blue beneath, hail from the main, then comest thou home. Word runes learn well, if thou wilt that no man pay back grief for the grief thou gavest. Wind thou these, weave thou these, cast thou these all about thee, at the thing where folk throng unto the full doom faring. Of ale runes know the wisdom, if thou wilt that another's wife should not bewray thine heart that trusteth. Cut them on the mead horn, on the back of each hand, and nick an in upon thy nail. Ale have thou heed to sign from all harm, leek lay thou in the liquor. Then I know for sure, never cometh to thee mead with hurtful matters mingled. Help runes shalt thou gather, if skilt thou wouldst gain to loosen child from low-laid mother. Cut be they in hands hollow, wrapped the joints round about, call for the good folks, gain some helping. Learn the bow runes wisdom, if leech lore thou lovest, and wilt wot about wounds searching. On the bark be they scored, on the buds of trees whose boughs look eastward ever. Thought runes shalt thou deal with, if thou wilt be of all men fairest-souled white and wisest. These areded, these first cut, these first took to heart, high hropped. On the shield were they scored that stands before the shining God, on early waking's ear, on all-knowing's hoof, on the wheel which runneth under Rugnir's chariot, on Sleipnir's jaw-teeth, on the sleigh's traces. On the rough bear's paws, and on Bragi's tongue, on the wolf's claws, and on eagle's bill, on bloody wings, and bridges' end, on loosing palms, and pity's path, on glass, and on gold, and on goodly silver, in wine, and in wart, and the seat of the witch-wife, on Gugnir's point, and Grani's bosom, on the Norn's nail, and the neb of the night-owl. All these so cut were shaven and sheared, and mingled in with holy mead, and sent upon wide ways enow. Some abide with the elves, 
some abide with the Aesir, or with the wise Vanir, some still hold the sons of mankind. These be the book runes, and the runes of good help, and all the ale runes, and the runes of much might. To whomso they may avail, unbewildered, unspoilt, they are wholesome to have. Thrive thou with these, then, when thou hast learnt their lore, till the gods end thy life days. Now shalt thou choose thee, e'en as choice is bidden, sharp steel's root and stem. Choose song or silence, see to each in thy heart. All hurt has been heeded. Then answered Sigurd, Ne'er shall I flee, though thou wottest me fay. Never was I born for blenching. Thy loved reed will I hold a right in my heart, even as long as I may live. Chapter 21 Sigurd spake now. Sure no wiser woman than thou art one may be found in the wide world. Yea, yea, teach me more yet of thy wisdom. She answers, Seemly is it that I do according to thy will, and show thee forth more reeds of great avail for thy prayer's sake and thy wisdom. And she spake withal, Be kindly to friend and kin, and reward not their trespasses against thee. Bear and forbear, and win for thee thereby long-enduring praise of men. Take good heed of evil things, a maze love and a man's wife, full oft thereof doth ill befall. Let not thy mind be overmuch crossed by unwise men at thronged meetings of folk, for oft these speak worse than they wot of, lest thou be called a dastard, and art minded to think that thou art even as is said. Slay such a one on another day and so reward his ugly talk. If thou farest by the way whereas bide evil things, be well ware of thyself. Take not harbour near the highway, though thou be benighted, for oft abide there ill whites for men's bewilderment. Let not fair women beguile thee, such as thou mayest meet at the feast, so that the thought thereof stand thee instead of sleep and a quiet mind, Yea, draw them not to thee with kisses, or other sweet things of love. If thou hearest the fool's word of a drunken man, strive not with him being drunk with drink and witless. Many a grief, yea, and the very death, groweth from out such things. Fight thy foes in the field, nor be burnt in thine house. Never swear thou wrongsome oath. Great and grim is the reward for the breaking of plighted troth. Give kind heed to dead men, sick dead, sea dead, or sword dead. Deal heedfully with their dead corpses. Trow never in him for whom thou hast slain father, brother, or whatso near kin, yea, though young he be, for oft waxes wolf in youngling. Look thou with good heed to the wiles of thy friends. But little skill is given to me that I should foresee the ways of thy life, yet good it were that hate fell not on thee from those of thy wife's house. Sigurd spake, None among the sons of men can be found wiser than thou, and thereby swear I that thee will I have as my own, for near to my heart thou liest. She answers, Thee would I fainest choose, 
though I had all men's sons to choose from. And thereto they plighted troth, both of them. Chapter 22 Now Sigurd rides away. Many-folded is his shield, and blazing with red gold. And the image of a dragon is drawn thereon, and this same was dark brown above, and bright red below. And with even such like image was adorned helm, and saddle, and coat armor. And he was clad in the golden burney, and all his weapons were gold wrought. Now for this cause was the drake drawn on all his weapons, that when he was seen of men, all folk might know who went there. Yea, all those who had heard of his slayings of that great dragon that the Vyrings call Fafnir. And for that cause are his weapons gold-wrought and brown of hue, and that he was by far above other men in courtesy and goodly manners, and well nigh in all things else. And when as folk tell of all the mightiest champions and the noblest chiefs, then ever is he named the foremost, and his name goes wide about on all tongues north of the sea of the Greek lands, and even so shall it be while the world endures. Now the hair of this Sigurd was golden red of hue, fair of fashion, and falling down in great locks. Thick and short was his beard, and of no other color. High-nosed he was, broad and high-boned of face, so keen were his eyes that few durst gaze up under the brows of him. His shoulders were as broad to look on as the shoulders of two. Most duly was his body fashioned betwixt height and breadth, and in such wise as was seemliest. And this is the sign told of his height, that when he was girt with his sword, Gram, which same was seven spans long, as he went through the full-grown rye-fields, the dew-shoe of the said sword smote the ears of the standing corn. And for all that, greater was his strength than his growth. Well could he wield sword, and cast forth spear, shoot shaft and hold shield, bend bow, back horse, and do all the goodly deeds that he learned in his youth's days. Wise he was to know things yet undone, and the voice of all fowls he knew, Wherefore, few things fell on him unawares. Of many words he was, and so fair of speech withal, that whensoever he made it his business to speak, he never left speaking, before that to all men it seemed full sure that no otherwise must the matter be than as he said. His sport and pleasure it was to give aid to his own folk, and to prove himself in mighty matters, to take wealth from his unfriends, and give the same to his friends. Never did he lose heart, and of naught was he a drad. Chapter 23 Fourth Sigurd rides, till he comes to a great and goodly dwelling, the lord whereof was a mighty chief called Hamir. He had to wife a sister of Brynhild, who was hight Beckhild, because she had bidden at home, and learned handicraft, whereas Brynhild fared with helm and burney unto the wars, wherefore was she called Brynhild. Hamir and Beckhild had a son called Alsvither, the most courteous of men. Now at this stead were men disporting them abroad. But when they see the man riding thereto, they leave their play to wonder at him, 
for none such had they ever seen erst. So they went to meet him, and gave him good welcome. Alsvither bade him abide and have such things at his hands as he would, and he takes his bidding blithesomely. Due service withal was established for him. Four men bore the treasure of gold from off the horse, and the fifth took it to him to guard the same. Therein were many things to behold, things of great price and seldom seen, and great game and joy men had to look on burnies and helms and mighty rings and wondrous great golden stoops and all kinds of war weapons. So there dwelt Sigurd long in great honor holden, and tidings of that deed of fame spread wide through all lands of how he had slain that hideous and fearful dragon. So good joyance they had there together, and each was leal to other, and their sport was in the arraying of their weapons, and the shafting of their arrows, and the flying of their falcons. Chapter 24 In those days came home to Hamir, Brynhild, his foster daughter. And she sat in her bower with her maidens, and could more skill in handicraft than other women. She sat, overlaying cloth with gold, and sewing therein the great deeds which Sigurd had wrought, the slaying of the worm, and the taking of the wealth of him, and the death of Regan withal. Now tells the tale that on a day Sigurd rode into the wood with hawk and hound and men thronging. And whenas he came home, his hawk flew up to a high tower and sat him down on a certain window. Then feared Sigurd after his hawk, and he saw where sat a fair woman, and knew that it was Brynhild. And he deems all things he sees there to be worthy together, both her fairness and the fair things she wrought. And therewith he goes into the hall, but has no more joyance in the games of the menfolk. Then spake Alsvither, Why art thou so bare of bliss? This manner of thine grieveth us thy friends. Why then wilt thou not hold to thy gleesome ways? Lo, thy hawks pine now, and thy horse grani droops. And long will it be ere we are booted thereof? Sigurd answered, Good friend, hearken to what lies on my mind. For my hawk flew up into a certain tower, and when I came thereto and took him, lo, there I saw a fair woman, and she sat by a needlework of gold and did thereon my deeds that are past and my deeds that are to come. Then said Alsvither, Thou hast seen Brynhild, Buthli's daughter, the greatest of great women. Yea, verily, said Sigurd, but how came she hither? Alsvither answered, Short space there was, betwixt the coming hither of the twain of you. Says Sigurd, Yea, but a few days agone I knew her for the best of the world's women. Alsvither said, Give not all thine heed to one woman being such a man as thou art, ill life to sit lamenting for what we may not have. I shall go meet her, says Sigurd, and get from her love like my love, and give her a gold ring in token thereof. Alsvither answered, None has ever yet been known whom she would let sit beside her, or to whom she would give drink, for ever will she hold to warfare and to the winning of all kinds of fame. Sigurd said, 
we know not for sure whether she will give us answer or not, or grant us a seat beside her. So the next day after, Sigurd went to the bower. But Alsvither stood outside the bower door, fitting shafts to his arrows. Now Sigurd spake. Abide, fair and hale lady. How fairest thou? She answered. Well it fares. My kin and my friends live yet. But who shall say what good hap folk may bear to their life's end? He sat him down by her. And there came in four damsels with great golden beakers and the best of wine therein, and these stood before the twain. Then said Brynhild, This seat is for few, but and if my father come. He answered, Yet it is granted to one that likes me well. Now that chamber was hung with the best and fairest of hanging, and the floor thereof was all covered with cloth. Sigurd spake, Now has it come to pass, even as thou didst promise. Oh, be thou welcome here, said she, and arose therewith, and the four damsels with her, and bore the golden beaker to him, and bade him drink. He stretched out his hand to the beaker, and took it, and her hand withal, and drew her down beside him, and cast his arms round about her neck, and kissed her, and said, Thou art the fairest that was ever born. But Brynhild said, Ah, wiser is it not to cast faith and troth into a woman's power, for ever shall they break that they have promised. He said, That day would dawn the best of days over our heads, whereon each of each should be made happy. Brynhild answered, It is not fated that we should abide together. I am a shield may, and wear helm on head even as the kings of war, and them full oft I help. Neither is the battle become loathsome to me. Sigurd answered, What fruit shall be of our life if we live not together? Harder to bear this pain that lies hereunder than the stroke of sharp sword. Brynhild answers, I shall gaze on the hosts of the war-kings, but thou shalt wed Gudrun, the daughter of Gyuki. Sigurd answers, What king's daughter lives to beguile me? Neither am I double-hearted herein, and now I swear by the gods that thee shall I have for mine own, or no woman else. And even such likewise spake she. Sigurd thanked her for her speech, and gave her a gold ring. And now they swore oath anew, and so he went his ways to his men, and is with them a while in great bliss. End of section 6